Dan Bongino. I have an obligation to come on the air with data and material and research. I can't just say, trade stinks. Thanks for tuning in. The Dan Bongino Show. Well, let's jump right in because we have no time for nonsense. Get ready to hear the truth about America. When I was a young man, I don't remember it being sexy to want to allow a nanny state to control my life. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republic of Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Doing pretty good considering people will die. Yeah, I know. Well, we got that audio later. Joe sent me an interesting montage this morning of... Democrat hysteria again about Obamacare. Sadly, he's not kidding. Like, that's actually in the montage. Not only in the montages, people will die, Joe. Yeah. But I think there's an Al Franken segment of it where he actually says the Republicans will kill you. Yes. Like, they will actually kill you. Like, you will be killed if the Republicans. I mean, I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. Well, but it is kind of. It's like. How, what else do you do to, other than laugh at Democrats? You know, I don't want to be like a Linsky like and use mockery when it's not necessary, although sadly, sometimes it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this is one of those moments where you're like, Republicans are going to kill people if you don't fix this Obamacare thing. It's outrageous. Hey, uh, a quick note before we get started here. So uh, before the show, I go through, you know, conservative review and Wall Street Journal and Breitbart and I look for stories and Cato is another one. And today I was just fishing through Facebook for some material. And I saw this story on foxnews.com, uh, which I will put in the show notes today, which are now up at bongino.com under a tab called show notes. <laughs> Can't miss it. Check them out. It's also up at conservative review under the podcast tab. But the story was a little disturbing to me. It's a, you, you may have seen the video, Joe. It's a, an incident that happened uh, in New Orleans. These two tourists were walking down the street and they were just brutally assaulted from behind by these animals mm. that robbed them. And one of them is uh, now under arrest, one of the uh, one of the criminals. And one of the guys who was assaulted is now in uh, critical condition. And I, you have to see the video. I can describe it to you just briefly, but it's it'll be up again at the show notes. The video is embedded in the piece I have there. And these two tourists are just walking down the street, these two guys, and one guy basically cold cocks a guy from behind, which is honestly very little you can do about. But then the other guy, the tourist, he gets attacked by this guy and he turns around in time to confront him. And the other guy gets him in like a schoolyard headlock, Joe, like we've all seen and or been a victim of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. If you're a guy out there, I mean, a lot of women have been in fights, too, but guys love the headlock. And, you know, I, I don't like. I recently got back into grappling in Brazilian jiu-jitsu after about a five-year break, and it's something I've been involved in since I'm a kid, and I love it. And I want to say to you as, as a friend, and I mean that because I consider this audience part of my extended family, ladies and gents, you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you don't learn how to defend yourself. You know, not everybody has to become a Gracie Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or an American top team MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. But you really should have a basic set of self-defense skills to keep yourself alive. Now, I, I don't mean I don't want to say that hyperbolically. I don't, you know, I don't think we're in, you know, it's not the Walking Dead apocalypse. I'm not expecting Officer Rick to come out any moment where you're going to be engaged in a life or death hand-to-hand combat every single day of your life. Uh, you know, I'm not that type of guy. I don't mean to exaggerate the threat out there for you, but it changed my life. I mean that. I just got back into it and I realized again how much I love it and I miss it. And I'm, I'm, I said to my wife, you know, this is my second wife, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. And 
I started in boxing, got into Muay Thai, did a little bit of Aikido when I was younger. It was not very effective for me, but then I got into ground fighting and I just, what it does is it, and I, I can't say this to you in strong enough terms, it eliminates the fear most human beings have, the instinctive fear of fighting. Almost all of us have it. You don't want to be in a fight. Your adrenaline goes up, and, right. mo- and most of the people listening, you have been in some form of a fight at some point. You know what I'm talking about. There's that natural fear, and being a, having that a set of skills and knowing what you're doing, just to stay alive. You don't have to win every fight, but to stay alive long enough to get help, it almost eliminates that fear and allows you to operate outside of the red zone outside of a panic zone and to think straight when you're being attacked. And I am not in any way blaming these victims. Please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying that the headlock this guy gets caught in. This is the kind of stuff where you really have to learn how to defend yourself because we don't live in a super dangerous world, Joe, but we live in a world dangerous enough that, gosh, this poor, this other guy's fighting for his life right now. You know? Yeah. You have got to be prepared. You've got to prepare yourself physically and mentally for the fact that there are really bad people in this world. And you know, last night I was I was thinking of how much I actually love, like actually enjoy the tussle. I enjoy it. Like I get disappointed. I was I'm really sore today again because I went to a class last night with my daughter. I got my 13-year-old involved in it. And last night was a lot of technique, but there was no live grappling which is literally like a fight without any punches. You know, you know, mm-hmm. but you're rolling around the mat. You're trying to sub guys. Guys are trying to get better position. And I was thinking to myself as I left last night, even as sore as I was and as crappy as I felt last night, I felt pretty bad. I did a two-a-day yesterday where I worked out in the morning pretty rough and then went back at night to do some grappling. But I thought, gosh, how much I look forward to a tussle and how it like totally resets your mind into that mode of, you know what, you're going to, Mm, with me you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and mm-hmm. i'm gonna mm, right back and this isn't gonna end well for you prepare yourself man seriously you don't have to become a you know bruce lee you don't have to become the next ken shamrock right the most, what he calls up the most dangerous man in the world but learn how to defend yourself there are really bad people out there who i'm telling you right now will be completely stunned let me tell you just one quick story i'm sorry and i know i'm going on a little but this is important There was a while ago, I was with a few friends and I don't go to bars anymore, but this is when I was younger and I was sitting on a line for a bathroom in Washington, D.C. It's a true story. And this guy, he's a big guy. He's about my height, about 6'1", but he was stacked like a really, he wasn't like built like a bodybuilder type, but he was like big, like just a thick, like he looked like a farmer, you know? You ever see those farmers with those meat hook hands? He was a big guy. And there's this long line because it's a DC bar that has one of those bathrooms that has like one stall in it. And there's like 500 people in the bar. So, of course, mm-hmm. there's a line. So this guy, he walks up and he literally walks right in front of me. And he's like, I'm getting to the front of this line. And if anybody has anything to say about it, we could take this outside. So I'm sitting there and I've been at the mixed martial arts game at that point for, I don't know, 10 years. And I had a few beers in me. So, you know. The inhibitions were lowered even more. Why well, I don't drink now, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I said to the guy, I'm like, hey, daddy yo, whatever I called him. I'm like, I don't give up who you get in front of on this line, but it ain't anybody in front of me. So you can get behind me and deal with the guy behind me. I, I, I swear this happened, but you ain't getting in front of me. And we will go outside and handle the stuff. I swear as the, the guy goes, this mother is crazy. <laughs> and he stands right behind me. And a guy behind me is like, well, you're good. 
Like he doesn't care at all. He's like, I'm not getting involved in this. And that was it. He never said another word. And I just, you know, not that I'm proud of that. We need to be tough guys or anything. I mean, I, I, I just, I, it gave me that confidence to say, no, nah, no, nah, no, no. I don't care who you cut in the line, but he's going to be someone behind me. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, watch that video, though, the New Orleans assault, and you, you'll see you, you definitely need to, 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 to train yourself. You have to. You have to be ready for the fight. It's irresponsible not to be. Get your cardio up. Get your muscles, you know, your muscles stronger, man. Learn how to defend yourself. Doesn't take that long. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Convenient uh. segue right there. <laughs> Love these guys at Brick House. One of my favorite products. I, I really like Foundation, which is their creatine ATP mix, which gives you like two extra gas tanks in the gym. I'm not even kidding. The other day I took a double dose before and after the workout. Mm. I was like a superhero in the gym. But they have another product, their friends at Brick House, called Dawn to Dusk. It's an energy product which fixes all the problems with the energy market out there now. Energy drinks, coffee, energy pills, all this stuff. The problem, Joe, you take the pill, you get a nice clean up ticking energy for an hour and an hour later you crash and you can't even move mm -hmm. what good does that do you they figured this out they figured out a time release energy supplement i'm telling you i get one or two emails a day about how great this product is i send it on to miles who owns the company to show him how great people think this product is it's called dawn to dusk it'll give you about a 10 hour boost in energy to get through the day time release Great for mood elevation, make you feel a little better, a little bit more energy, get you through your workouts, these long, tough days. Go give it a shot. Give it a look and send me your feedback. I promise you'll love it. Daniel at Bongino.com. I love to read emails about this product. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And pick up a bottle of Dawn to Dust today. Send me your reviews. You'll be very happy with it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, interesting. The, the, this, there was a piece I saw in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, by Holman Jenkins, which I will put in the show notes as well. Forgive me if it's a subscriber only. I'm not sure. But <sighs> this is going to be a tough one to address because I know some Trump supporters will be a little upset at me for addressing this topic. But I want to be honest mm. with him because I thought it was a really, really good piece. And the gist of the piece, Joe, is expect the cover up on the Russia thing. Mm. Now, and he gives the reasons why nobody wants the truth on what happened with Russia during the election. Why the Dems don't want the truth. Why Hillary doesn't want the truth, why Trump doesn't want the truth, why establishment Republicans don't want the truth, and why mm. the Russians don't want the truth. Now, this is his perspective, but it's really, really good, the piece, whether you agree with it or not. Now, before we start, let's say what, the, what we now know the truth to be. Now, again, I'm not saying that Additional evidence might not develop in the future. But as of now, we know a couple of things regarding Russia's involvement in the election, Joe. We know almost conclusively at this point that there was no collusion. Right. Now, again, if evidence presents itself later, fine. We'll entertain it. We're Republicans. We do the truth here, not like Democrats. But right now, as of now, we know there was no evidence of Trump and Russia colluding to do anything at all. It was just a myth. It was a fairy tale invented by Democrats. Secondly. We know that the dossier, remember the dossier, Joe, this oh, intelligence yeah. agent that supposedly got some information from the Russians about yeah. Trump and he was overseas and he liked the golden shower the from golden prostitutes. Showers. It was a really yeah. disgusting mm -hmm. dossier. Uh, we now know that that thing was was completely made up. It was a fabrication. Uh, it, there's no evidence to support it at all. Apparently, the guy got the information off Wikipedia. I mean, it, which is embarrassing. <laughs> Supposedly an Intel guy. I mean, I can go to Wikipedia. They paid him. 
hundreds of thousands of dollars apparently to get this information or, or 50,000 yeah, from a 50, democratic 000, group. Yeah. yeah. From fusion GPS. And there's some allegations that the FBI may have put him on the payroll. We know the dossier developed against Trump was false. We also know that there was some intelligence that supposedly the Russian. Now I bring up the dossier because the Russians may have had something to do with that. It may have been a disinformation campaign. Now, there's hmm. another piece of information that's been floating out there about an email that Jim Comey saw, and a, the email, which was fake, was supposedly from former Attorney General under Obama, Loretta Lynch, to operatives in the Democratic Party saying that they were going to make the Hillary Clinton investigation go away. Now, the email, from what we know now, was fake. Joe, it was not real. Hmm. But according to some accounts, this is important. We have to get the facts straight on this. Comey saw this email, former FBI Director Jim Comey, and felt the need because of that email to do that public, remember the public uh, press conference against Hillary Clinton where yeah. he laid out the case perfectly and then said, we're not going to recommend charges? Right. Supposedly that was motivated by the fake email. So we know that the email was fake, we know the dossier was fake, and we know the collusion narrative was fake. So uh, ironically, I'm saying here's the truth and I'm giving you what's fake. But the truth is we know what's fake. There was no collusion. The dossier was fake and the email was fake, too. All right. Now, how does this relate to how this is going to boomerang and backfire on the Democrats? Well, the Democrats are starting to realize now, as I've said on prior shows, that now that the collusion narrative has gone away completely and no one wants to embarrass themselves anymore by saying it because it's not true, that a lot of this is going to backfire on them. So first... People who don't want the truth to come out, according to the Jenkins article. Let's go to the Democrats. The Democrats don't want the truth to come out because they know now that this looks really, really bad for Obama. <laughs> you can't. How, Joe? How? This is very simple. You can't have it both ways, Democrats. Right. You can't have it that the Russians were engaged in an act of electoral. What did, someone compared it like the Pearl Harbor or the 9-11 attacks. I mean, that's outrageous. Hmm. You can't say that the Russians attack on our election system was equivalent to a 9-11 style hit on the United States, which is uh, unbelievable hyperbole. You can't say that and then say, well, what did Obama do about it? Oh, he did nothing. Now, I have a piece of it's a 30 second cut here. Just to show you how embarrassing this is becoming for Barack Obama and the Democrats and why the Democrats now want a lot of this to go away, which, Joe, you and I predicted three mm -hmm. months ago yeah. on the show. Go back and listen to the library. I said, I promise you, folks, this is going to come back on the Democrats and they're going to want to make it go away. Get that cut ready. This is Obama in a 30 second cut before he left office explaining how you can't possibly rig and manipulate a national election. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even you could even rig America's elections in part because they're so decentralized and the numbers of votes involved there's no evidence that that has happened in the past or that there are instances in which that will happen this time and so uh, I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. <laughs> that, no, that's a genuine laugh. That's not like a radio. You know the radio <laughs> laugh, Joe, the puking laugh. <laughs> that's a genuine. That's really yeah. funny. Like and I, the funny, even funnier is I've heard that clip now three or four times as Joe and I prepped it for the show. It's hysterical. Yeah. It is so funny because what is it, Dems? Was Obama right? 
Or was Obama a liar? Or was Obama right and he's just feckless? What is it? It's is it this is an electoral 9/11 attack in our system? Really? Mm-hmm. Obama just said there's no evidence one you could rig an election. No evidence is happening now and no evidence that happened in the past. Joe, he covers the gamut there. Yeah. <laughs> he keep in mind, he doesn't leave any wiggle room there at all. If he would have said in that Joe, there's no evidence, but you know, I'm open-minded. Maybe if I see something, I'll come back to you and do a press conference. No, no. No, no, that's not what he says. He says from, I think it was a Rose Garden speech, if I saw the YouTube video, right? That's what it looked like, yeah. Yeah, Rose Garden, right? He says, there's no evidence now. There's no evidence in the future. There's no evidence in the past. No serious person would consider this. And by the way, Trump should stop whining. Um, Okay. (laughs) So what is it? Was this an electoral 9-11 attack? Or do you believe Obama that this is the biggest nothing burger in human history? What is it? Okay, moving on, because that just to sum up, I'm talking about again, because I, by the way, someone sent me an email yesterday, said I move away from the mic. He loves the show. So my apologies if the volume of the show is up and down. I'm going to try and stay really close to the mic. It's not your fault, Joe. It's mine, as always. He always tells me not to do that, <laughs> but he does. Like, Stop moving away from the mic. Just to sum this up, I'm talking about a piece from Holman Jenkins where he says you can expect a cover up on the Russia thing because literally nobody wants the truth. That is the argument why the Dems don't want the truth on Russia. Because when the truth comes out, there's no way this looks good. Either this was an electoral 9-11 attack on our election system and Obama did nothing, Mm. or it wasn't, Joe, and the Democrats made up the whole thing and lied. They can't handle the truth. They can't, just like Jack Nicholson, man. Yeah. You want a code red? They can't (laughs) handle it. We're on that wall. Remember that from a few good yes. men. They can't handle it. There's no way. I, Joe, and I please go listen to the library. I'm not trying to be uh, Karnak, whatever that guy no. is with the Johnny Carson show. I'm just saying it was obvious to people who knew what was going on. Obvious. Three and four months ago that this storyline could not work out for the Democrats. This is going to blow up in their face either way. Either way. If Trump and Russia, if the Russians, excuse me, did interfere in the election, then Obama did nothing and lied about it in a Rose Garden speech. Or if the Russians didn't rig the election, but engaged in a standard propaganda campaign, the Mm -hmm. Democrats for six months have been running on something that doesn't even exist. They can't win. All right. Secondly, cover up of the truth. Why they don't want the truth in the Russia thing. Hillary. This is a pretty simple one. Hillary doesn't want the truth to come out because she doesn't want a continued reemergence of the server story. She knows the server story is damaging. My opinion, I think Hillary and her team know there were federal crimes committed and they want this thing to go away. Remember, they weren't given immunity. Robert, Robert, uh, excuse me, uh, Jim Comey, the FBI director, cannot grant immunity. That comes from federal prosecutors. Mm -hmm. Now, there were immunity grants in the case, but not to Hillary. So my point on this one, Joe, is Hillary wants this thing to go away because it reflects poorly on her either way. Sure. There's no way this looks good on Hillary constantly bringing up the fact that she had an illegal server and the fact that she was under an active criminal investigation, not, Joe, a matter, according to what Loretta Lynch wanted to call the case. It's not a matter. As someone jokingly said, it's not the Federal uh, Federal Bureau of Matters. It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So Hillary doesn't want the truth either. And they're still very powerful in the Democrat Party. Don't underestimate the Clintons. Mm-hmm. Now, this one may be controversial for you. And again, it's not my opinion on it. It's the Holman Jenkins piece, but it's a good piece. And I think we should entertain this. 
He says, Trump doesn't want the truth to come out either on this. Again, not Dan Bongino's words. Don't send me hate mail, please. I'm just telling you it's in the piece. Jenkins' opinion is Trump doesn't want the truth either to come out on this because he knows there's no collusion. And I'm not talking about the collusion. That's dead. We've already acknowledged, correct, Joe, when Mm -hmm. we started this, that that's fake news. There is no collusion. That's already out there. So I'm not discussing. What I mean, what I'm talking about now is Russian meddling in the election that Trump wants us to go away too because Jenkins' opinion is it tarnishes the Trump victory. And Trump, he thinks, you know, Trump's very focused on his political capital. And obviously it would hurt your political capital if Joe Armacost won the presidency and everybody thought it was due to fraud. Damn right. So that's a pretty simple one, too. Trump doesn't want the truth to come out either. But an interesting one here is how the Russians don't want the truth to come out either. So this is, again, why you can expect to cover up. The Russians engaged in this propaganda campaign. There's no, you know, no disputing that. They distributed fake news stories. They tried to get involved in the election somehow. They did not, I cannot say this enough, did not alter any vote tallies. I don't believe their involvement was significant enough to change the election at all. I think Trump would have won regardless. I, 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 I'm, I'm conclusive about that. But Jenkins' opinion is that the Russians don't want the truth to come out either because they didn't expect Trump to be as anti-Russia as he is. Remember, hmm. this: if, if, if Trump is a Russian colluder, according to the stupid fake news Democrat narrative, right. this is really not working out well for the Russian show. I mean, you need any evidence? We have active involvement in Syria against Russian interests, including the United States engaging with a Syrian fighter jet and taking it down. Right. How does that... By the way, Syria, which is turning into a Russia client state. How is that? If, if, if he's a Russian agent, Trump, he's the worst Russian agent in, in human history. <laughs> he's a Russian agent attacking a Russian client state when Obama didn't. Are you guys that dumb, liberals? Secondly, he voted to expand NATO by allowing Montenegro, not voted, he, he supported the admission of Montenegro into, uh, into NATO. Um, folks, if you follow geopolitics at all, you'll know that the biggest Russian bet noir out there is the expansion of NATO. So let me get this straight. Trump's a Russian client state that's attacking Russian interests, actually attacking them using the U.S. military, regardless of if you support this or not. I'm just putting the facts out there. And he supports expanding NATO, which is the Russians' number one priority for stopping. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't understand. I don't get, I don't get it. Like you guys are just dopes. So the point about this is the Russians see this. The Russians aren't dumb. We may not like what they're doing, but they're not stupid, Joe. Yeah. And, Joe, uh, and Jenkins' point, Holman Jenkins' point in the piece, is that the Russians are starting to see a rapidly deteriorating fight with the United States. And folks, let's be honest. Outside of the nuclear arsenal, God forbid, and we still have the threat of mutually assured destruction there, of course. But in a conventional war, we would annihilate the Russians. You know, the Russian, the the big bear Russians, we would destroy the Russians. They have one aircraft carrier. We have 11. They can't keep up with our technology, our ability to fund their military. That would be a nasty world war. Let's make no mistake about it. Something to be avoided at almost any cost. But the Russians do not want an existential crisis with the United States. So the point is they don't want the truth to come out either, because if the truth comes out about how much propaganda they tried to insert into the United States to influence the election, this is going to look really bad for the Russians. And they're afraid Trump's going to double down and do even more anti-Russian stuff because he'll be put on the spot because now the American public knows what the Russians did. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. If, if it's exposed how deep the Russian involvement in the election was and it's not covered up, he thinks Trump will have to respond because public pressure will be will be great. And they've already will be too great to overcome. And the, and the Trump administration has already been 
countering, uh, fighting yeah. back against Russia. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So it's a really, really good piece. Um, again, I will put it in the show notes. I strongly encourage you to go check it out, and I, I hope it's not a subscriber-only article. That happens sometimes with the journal. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get to the Obamacare montage in a second, because Joe sends me clips you know, two or three <laughs> times a week. Sometimes we use them, sometimes we don't. And this, <laughs> this is a good one, but I'll get to that in a second, because it just, again, shows the total evaporation of Democrats' sensibilities and why they're losing middle-class America. You know, People are going to die. It's just nonsense. But before <laughs> I get to that, I wanted to discuss something that um, I had mentioned a while ago, and I, 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 having run for office and understanding how to get a message out there, I think. I mean, we, we did rather well in a, in a hugely Democrat district. I mean, we won the race on Election Day and lost a few days later. I learned a lot about how to get a message and how to penetrate through the Democrat media. Where I ran in Maryland, which is an area Joe's very familiar with, mm-hmm. the area is dominated by exclusively liberal newspapers. There is no conservative newspaper out there. You have the Frederick no. News Post. You have the Washington Post. Um, even the Western Maryland newspaper is largely left-leaning, the Cumberland Times. There are some fair reporters over there. But I, I learned pretty quickly how to break through and how to get a message out there. And what you have to do is you have to learn how to bypass the headline game. And now it's really, really hard. You can't give them anything to write a headline on. Now, what do I mean by that? The headline game the media plays is the old, when did you stop beating your wife scandal? Yeah. Now, this is an example used often, but I don't think people really understand what it means. You'll see people say, well, don't answer those. I've I've addressed this before. The way the media works is they, the, the truth is it comes out like uh, the truth is, OK, uh, I don't beat my wife. Obviously, that's the truth. I mean, that shouldn't goes without saying, but that's the truth. Okay. But the way the media massages the truth to say they're not lying is fascinating. All they have to do to ask is ask the question to create a headline that creates suspicion. And the headline, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, is almost all that matters. So if I ask the question, if someone asks a question to me in the media, they want to paint me in the wrong way. Hey, Dan, when did you stop beating your wife? I don't beat my wife. That's the headline. Dan Bongino says he doesn't beat his wife. What does that do? Most people don't read the article, mm-hmm. but it plants a seed of suspicion, Joe, in people's heads that, well, why is he answering that? Is someone accusing him of beating his wife? Did his wife say that? Right. Next thing you know, you're the wife beater. It poisons the well. Mm-hmm. It po- yes, it poisons the well. Mm-hmm. The headline is everything. Now, what am I? where am I going with this? There have been a few articles over the last few days that are starting to reevaluate Trump's use of Twitter. I don't think there's any question that a lot of conservatives and, of course, the left has gone after Trump about his use of Twitter. Joe, they said, oh, this is a horrible thing. Trump is killing himself on Twitter. But I saw a piece, I think it was at Town Hall or Hot Air. I didn't save it at the time, so forgive me. But it's something we've stated on the show quite a bit before that I don't think Trump's use of Twitter, it hasn't always been good. There have been some downsides, no question about it. But I don't think his use of Twitter has been a net negative because it takes the headline game, uh, Joe, Yep, and it flips the script. It turns it around completely. Now, why? Because the tweet is the headline. It's 140 characters. It's a, it's a headline by default. <laughs> Twitter, for those of you who don't know what Twitter is... You're limited to 140 characters to, to send your tweet. That's it. Character, not words, characters. That is a de facto headline. So when the media covers a Trump tweet, in order to cover the tweet, the headline is the tweet. So if Trump tweets, 
The media sucks. CNN is fake news. If you want to cover that tweet, you have to put somewhere in the headline, Trump says CNN's fake news, CNN sucks. And what happens, Joe? It, you go right back to the beat your wife thing. CNN's yeah. fake news? Does it, listen, CNN has been shown to be fake news in many cases, not yes. all, but many cases recently. But what's what happens? The same thing with the beat your wife question. People who read it go, CNN's fake news. What happened with CNN? What they do now? Even if the story is totally discredited, the headline sticks. Trump's use of Twitter, I think, is going when, when history is all said and done, as long as he doesn't mess up big time, he sent a few out that were probably not the best idea. But I, my humble opinion, I think this guy's use of Twitter is genius. I, it's genius. I, by the way, I cover this in my, my, not to plug my book, but my third book, which is available for pre-order protecting the president there's a whole chapter on how trump's use of twitter is revolutionary and how it's going to affect the secret service and security and everything but i think his use of twitter is genius joe now i have a couple of things I, the headline is everything twitter is a headline to cover the tweet you have to cover the uh, god fruit fly damn do you hear that sure do i think i almost got him i had a pineapple and it brought fruit flies in my house okay now the media has done this for years and i have two examples of how two prominent examples of how Trump's use of Twitter totally flipped the script on Democrats. These are good ones. Fake news. Now, you may say, like, well, well why did he flip the script on fake news? Folks, a lot of you are forgetting this. And, Joe, I know you remember this. The mm -hmm. fake news label was never, ever applied to CNN when fake news started. When the fa If you study how the fake news label started after the election, Joe, you remember it was applied by the left-wing media? To Russian propaganda that helped elect Trump? Folks, look it mm. up if you don't believe me. Joe and I covered it on a show. Mm -hmm. The left-wing media to discredit the Trump victory, go look it up. Just look up fake news and go back to news articles on Google right after the election. Every time fake news was used by the left, it was used to diminish Trump. It yeah. wasn't used to attack CNN. The line was, fake news created by the Russians helped get Trump elected. What did Trump do? Trump started sending out tweets. Genius. Every time he put fake news, he would put CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times. That was the headline. Now, when people talk about fake news, Joe, what do they talk about? <laughs> CNN, CNN, Washington Post, <laughs> New York Times. It's so much so, Joseph, that I guarantee you people listening to this are going to go back and look at the Google things and be genuinely surprised that that's not how fake news was used. It was used as an attack on Trump, which he took and smashed right in their face like a clown putting a pie in a Democrat's face. And it was all done geniusly through Twitter and word association. You know, uh, candidate beats mm -hmm. wife, fake news, CNN, fake news, Washington Post. He did that. Whether he intended or not, it was genius. Another one, the Trump-Russia thing. Trump Russia was always collusion, collusion. Trump, we, you know, we just talked about this. I'm not going to go into the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. The Trump Russia thing now is going to become a total victory for the Trump administration for reasons I just described in the prior segment. But because he now he's doing it again, he constantly tweets out now, now that he knows he has the upper hand against the Democrats after that Obama cut we played, how Obama did nothing while the Russians allegedly engaged in a 9-11 style election attack on us. Now, what's he doing? Look at his Twitter feed. If you if you doubt anything I'm telling you, he keeps putting the word like he did fake news with CNN to transform the meaning, Joe. Mm -hmm. 
Now he's putting the word collusion with Obama on the Russian thing. They colluded. Mm. They colluded to downplay the threat. Obama downplayed the threat with the Russians, although they attacked us. You watch. In six months, Russian collusion will be almost exclusively associated with Obama, and people will have forgotten about Trump completely. Just like fake news was initially used to hit Trump and is now an asset. Uh, uh, Mark, what's the date here? What's today's date? The 27th? 28th. 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 Time check 30 minutes or so into the show, 33 (laughs) minutes into the show. Time check it. You watch in six months, this will become a huge problem. Obama's collusion uh, with the Russians. on I'm telling you, because Trump is a genius with the Twitter. All right. Hey, uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Birch Gold. Hey, have you checked these guys out yet? You know, stock market's up, stock market's down. You got inflation right around the corner. You got the Chinese holding a lot in assets. You got the United States Federal Reserve holding trillions in assets. Why not secure your income stream in the future and look at moving your IRA, your eligible 401k, into an IRA backed by precious metals, gold and silver, a historical store of value. Listen to that. That is actually five ounces of silver slamming up against my bruised knuckles right mm-hmm. there. This is our, the company we trust. Joe and I both is Birch Gold. I was going to say birchgold.com slash Dan. <laughs> that is the website. B-I-R-C-H, birchgold.com slash Dan. Birch Gold will help you move your eligible 401k or IRA into one backed by precious metals, gold, and silver. Now, if you have any doubts about these guys, you need to go look them up. I did my homework on them. This is a great company. They have countless five-star reviews up. Just check it out yourself. Read the reviews. They're fantastic. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. All I ask is that you check them out. Go to birchgold.com slash Dan, B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Dan, and I ask that you check out their uh, comprehensive 16-page guide on how to move some of your future income, your IRA, your, your income security into one backed by precious metal precious metals, gold, and silver. Just check it out. There's no commitment. Just give it a look. Go to their website. Please support our sponsors. They support us. They make the show free, and this is a really good company. Go check them out, birchgold.com slash Dan. Protect your money. Okay. Uh, Last story of the day. Joe had a great clip. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Let's dig right into the clip because I've been teasing it forever, but it is uh, you know half comical how when Democrats have nothing to stand on, they gaslight. Remember gaslighting, Joe? We bring it up all the time in the show. Gaslighting is when Democrats lie about something they know isn't true, and they use the media to isolate people from the truth to the point where people believe the lie to be the truth. And the best example I can give is the movie Gaslight, or if you've seen the recent movie, The Girl on the Train or The Woman on the Train uh, with that Emily Watson lady. Is that her name? I don't know. I'm terrible with actresses. But there's a similar thing where the husband tells the wife, I don't want to spoil it for you, but a story that's just not true. And eventually, after repeating the story over and over, she believes it to be true. Well, this is what the Democrats do with health care. Every time the Republicans propose something, the Democrats engage in ridiculous, hyperbolic, ridiculous, nonsensical language that the Republicans want to kill people to the point where crazy Democrats actually believe it. And some of them respond by actually going out trying to kill people. I mean, you wonder why the Democrats are enraged. They think Republicans want to kill people, which is absurd. So Joe sent me a great uh, quick montage of Democrats saying that Republicans basically want to off people. Play that cut. Hundreds of thousands of people will die if this bill passes. These cuts are blood money. People will die. One to two thousand people will die if you cut 750,000 people from from Medicaid. So that means you're killing one to two thousand, killing them. Thousands of people will die. I mean, if you don't have any health insurance and you have a chronic disease and you can't afford your prescription drugs, you know what? You will die. You'll become much sicker. 
you're going to die. They're going to kill you. They are literally going to kill you. Joe, this reminds me of, remember the original Terminator movie with, or I'll be back, the original Schwarzenegger Terminator movie. Great movie. Love that movie this day. There's a scene in there where Kyle Reese is envisioning, he's having a dream of of what the future looks like with this apocalypse where the robots are attacking them. And there's this scene where one of the robots is stepping on uh, this, this collection of human skulls and it's so apocalyptic and it's dark and there's, you know, they, they're fighting back with the lasers. This is it. Like the human skulls are everywhere. <laughs> You're going to die if they pass this. Now, let's be clear. I am no fan of this bill. You've, you've heard the shows, which most of you have over the past few days. You you know my, and I'm going to get into one specific thing too that's bothering me with it. But you know I, I'm not a huge fan of the bill. But saying that this bill is going to kill people is so just plain stupid that you should be prohibited from ever engaging in responsible public discourse again for bringing that up. Uh, by the way, it ignores the fact that the University of Virginia study on Medicaid showed that if you're if you're on Medicaid, you are more likely to die after right. surgery than someone who showed up in the hospital with no insurance at all. So they are right in one respect. If you are on Medicaid, you are definitely more likely to die after surgery than someone who has no insurance. That's the that's <laughs> the only way that they're correct. People will die, but it's because of Medicaid, not because of the reforms. Now, one of the things I just want to bring up before we. Uh, depart each other's company for the day is there's a hard conversation going on right now with Obamacare reform. And I'm going to be a source of truth for you, which where others have, by the way, thanks to someone who pointed out that Rand Paul did uh, include the charity thing I spoke about with doctors. So I, I, that was not an original idea, which makes me feel very good by the way. Uh, I don't know how to tell this to people who are, are older, but you are buying a product which is going to cost you more money, and that's health insurance. I mean, this should be obvious to people who are 50 to 64, because 65 or older, you're going to be covered by Medicare. So there is a conversation going on right now about community rating and how community rating affects people who are 50 to 64, Joe. Mm-hmm. In that age group, you are a little little bit older than people in their 20s, and you're going to have, as a result of age and just wear and tear and use, you're going to have more problems. Diabetes, arthritis, it happens. Sure. You know, maybe Alzheimer's, you get older in age. Therefore, that is going to cost uh, health, the health insurance industry more money to treat you. Community rating had put a hard ceiling on the ratio you can charge older people in contrast to younger people. Obamacare said you can't charge older people more than the three to one ratio. Now, folks, what's the problem with that? When you average this across the United States, the healthcare costs of people in that age bracket are closer to five to six to one. So this is where the hard conversation comes in. The Republicans just honestly don't want to tell people the truth. And they don't want to say to people that you are younger people right now who have almost no financial means to do so. You know, I'm 42, Joe. I'm the I am the wealthiest I've ever been just based on age. I've accumulated assets over time. I've mm-hmm. saved money. All of that requires time. When you get older, m- most people get wealthier just as a result of accumulating more assets, right? Mm-hmm. Asking younger people to pay more to finance the health care that you are using now is not an efficient system for the future. And the debate going on now is if we dump the three to one cap under Obamacare, and we move to a more realistic one, which the market would would dictate, which is five to one, because those are the real costs, Joe, five times the cost, right, than it would for a younger person. The argument is, well, older people are going to have to pay more. I dispute that premise because when market forces get involved, you'll see costs come down for everything. I mean, for LASIK surgery, flat screen TVs. But 
even if that was the premise, you know what? I think the Republicans need to be honest people, with, honest with people and say, one, I think market forces will reduce the cost. So that's an inaccurate number that old people will pay more over time. Mm-hmm. Market, the market will bring the cost down for everyone. But even if temporarily costs go up a little bit, how fair is it to ask a college graduate with no job right now or a job for $10 an hour who just got out of school and is financing his graduate school education to pay more for insurance because you know, generally older people with a little more assets don't want to pay $100 extra a month for insurance that they're consuming? It's not fair, folks, but it's a hard conversation. But you know what? This is the United States. We're really tough people. We're entrepreneurs, okay? We are entrepreneurs. We are we are rugged individualists. We should tell people the truth. If temporarily we have to pay a little more to consume services we're going to consume and let younger people pay for what they're going to consume, that's the only fair way to do it, Joe. You wouldn't ask your neighbor to pay your mortgage because uh, you know, you're know you older. Oh, well, younger people have smaller homes, so they should pay more to compensate older people because they're older. Folks, that's just not fair. There are better ways to do this. It's a hard conversation, but it's a conversation that must happen. And the GOP is terrified of it because older people vote more. But that's not the right thing. That's the easy thing. Have some guts. Stand up. All right, folks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.